Welcome to the audio podcast of Believer's House. We are a multi-generational, multi-ethnic church in the city of Halifax, Nova Scotia, called to lead people to Jesus, make them more like Him, and see them lead others to Him. We hope this message you are about to listen to inspires you to become more like Jesus in your thoughts, words, and actions. Amos chapter 9, verse 13 to 15. Here's what it says. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord. When the plowman shall overtake the reaper, and the treader of grapes, him who sows seed. The mountains shall drip with sweet wine, and all the hills shall flow with it. I will bring back the captives of my people Israel. They shall build the waste cities and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and drink wine from them. They shall also make gardens and eat fruit from them. I will plant them in their land and no longer shall they be pulled up from the land I have given them, says the Lord your God. This morning we want to talk about supernatural acceleration. Supernatural acceleration. How many of you have ever been late for work or church or any important function and you are on a, on a single lane road? And the fellow in front of you, is very determined to drive 10 kilometers under the speed limit. Anybody but me? Has anybody ever been there? All right. And all you just want to do is to magically appear in front of them. I remember when we were still at Lucasville, there was a season where Samson used to come and pick me from home. And we, we, most of the time, because he has to navigate his own, his own route and come to my house, we are already prepped for time. So he will pick me up and we'll get on the road and we will always encounter one of those people. Always, almost every single time. And Samson will, will, you know that thing that you do where you tailgate the person and, you, and I'll give him this side eye like, dude, I'm a man of God. I don't do this kind of thing. You know? And then he will slow down. So, so it can be frustrating when, when you know that you have the energy, you have the power, the ability to move faster, but there's something in front of you that is hindering you. That is, that is, so how many people know if you are on a two-lane road and it is legal, what you can do is to overtake the fellow. You can do that. In some places, it's called pass, you know, but in, in England, we, they call it overtake. And is that what we call it here? Because I'm very careful. Uh-huh. Since the day I said trafficate, and I discovered that that's not even an English word. You know, Nigerian English can do things to you. So, so all you Nigerians, trafficate is not an English word, okay? It's, it's signal. You signal, and then you, you, you move, all right? So you can overtake the person simply by accelerating. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. So let's define uh, two of those words so that it becomes the working definition for what we're talking about. What is accelerate? Accelerate is a verb. You don't have to capture everything. You can write whatever you can. To cause faster or greater activity, development, progress, or advancement. To cause faster or greater activity, development, progress, or advancement. To hasten the occurrence of something. To move or go faster. I'm sure this is the first one that would have occurred to you. To increase in speed and then to make progress or develop faster. So that's what we mean when we say acceleration. We're talking about going faster, increasing in speed, making progress. What is supernatural? If you come on Wednesdays, you would have had an idea of this. I taught on uh, two Wednesdays ago about the difference between the spectacular and the supernatural. Sometimes the supernatural is not spectacular. And it does not have to be spectacular. It can be, but it does not have to be. So supernatural is relating to or being above or beyond what is natural. 
So when we say something is supernatural, we're saying it is above or beyond that which is natural. It is unexplainable by natural law or phenomenon. It is pertaining to characteristic of or attributed to God or deity. That's very crucial. So when we say something is supernatural and we are talking about supernatural acceleration, we are not talking about the acceleration that you do when you, you move like something and you try to navigate that guy. We are talking about the acceleration that is attributable to God. Do you understand that? So we are not talking about a false start. We are not talking about you uh, uh, compromising to get ahead of other people. We are talking about the kind of speed, the kind of acceleration that is attributable to who? To God. So we are saying because you are waiting on God, because you are on a mission, and because he needs you to make more progress in order for him to achieve something through you, he accelerates your progress. Are you awake tonight, this morning? Yeah, that's what we're talking about. So he accelerates your progress because of the purpose that he has behind your life. It begins to make up lost time. Like Joel chapter 2 verse 25 speaks about the, 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 the restoring the years that the swarming locust has eaten. So he causes you to accelerate or he himself accelerates your progress or he permits you to accelerate and pursue so that you can recover all. 1 Samuel chapter 30 and verse 8. 1 Samuel 30 verse 8 gives us an example of this. He says, So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them and without fail recover all. So those are all the conditions, all of the parameters uh, by which you are allowed to accelerate. Now, this week, I came across a message. I've been trying to catch up on my, my messages because of what Beck took almost two weeks of my life. So I had to catch up on my pastor's preachings, all of my pastors. This is what I do. Every week, I listen to all my pastors, all the messages they have shared. But I haven't done that in a while. So this week, I was catching up. So I, 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 I went back to a message that, that my pastor in Colorado preached. His, his name is Jeremy Pearson. I've, I've spoken about him a lot here. And in that message, he was quoting the word of the Lord that, that Dr. Jerry Savell gave. How many people don't know who Dr. Jerry Savelle is? You do not know who he is. Okay, that's okay. You don't have to. All right, good. So, in this lineage of faith that we belong to, all right, I mean, the first person that I ever heard Jerry Savelle's name from was my wife. We were teenagers when I heard her say, say that name, Jerry Savelle, and I went to go and find out by myself, who is this fellow? So, in our lineage of faith, those, that's one of the, the main men, okay? Let me just summarize it that way, all right? He's the, he's the one who has served Brother Copeland the most he, from right from the beginning, now, I think about three years ago, he went back to preaching with him again, you know, on tours and all of that. So he is a, he is a significant voice in our faith lineage. Now, I would not typically do this. I don't, I don't, you know, try to share what somebody else shared or say what someone said. I don't do that. But this is important because of the phrase, the phraseology that he used. And I, I, I called my wife's attention to it. I said, this is too, too exact to be a coincidence. So I'm going to share it with you. Okay, so, so I mean, even my pastor in Nigeria, who, who I revere, if when, when I want to preach watch night service, the message of God for us, I don't listen to him. I don't listen to anybody. I come here and I preach what God said. When I'm done, I'll go and hear him. Uh-huh. If, if you like, say, say that the year is the year of mountain, that's his own. Uh-huh. It's what God said to us. So here is what, what uh, Jeremy quoted that, that uh, Dr. Jerry Savelle shared. All right, he said, these are the days of acceleration. 
says the Lord. Days in which I will cause those who demonstrate an uncompromising stand on my word and an uncompromising faith in my promises to experience in one year what used to take 10 years and in two years what previously took 20 years. I assure you, so I skipped a few things there, and he said, I assure you that your future will be filled with good things and your victories will be many. And he went on to say that 2024 is the year of progressing. When I looked at that, does that sound familiar or what? I looked at it and I'm like, what is going on here? <laughs> you know, so we, we, and he now went on to explain that, you know, we have to be careful um, not to expect everything to take time with God. Second Peter 3 verse 8, the Bible speaks about the fact that a thousand years is like a day before God. And, and, and then it also says a day is like a thousand years. But we always forget that the two are correct. So when we say a day is like a thousand years to God, we are trying to com compensate for the fact that something is taking, it's not in your slides. If you can find it, you can put it up. That's Second Peter 3, 8. You can write it down. That's what it says. It says that a thousand years is like a day before God, and a day is like a thousand years. So, but the two are, are correct. So if it says, look at it, it says one day is as a thousand years. But also, a thousand years is also as a day. So if one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years is as a day, it means that God can decide to compress one thousand years into one day. He can decide to do that because he is God. So we must be careful not to, you know, always expect that with God, things always take time. You know where we come from? The movie industry here is called Hollywood. Where I come from, in the God's own country of Nigeria, they borrowed it and called their own Nollywood. But Nollywood is actually, I think, the second or third biggest in the world now. So they, they do good, good things. But they have, they, they have done a lot of movies that tend to picture God as somebody who acts very slow. So this is the picture. So if this person has been bewitched, something has happened to him, yeah? And they, and they take him to a native doctor. If the native doctor curses him, the curse will take effect immediately. But if they carry that guy and say, no, I don't want native doctor, I want to go to church, and they bring him to church, it will take seven months. They will pray, 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 pray. They will pour water, they will pour fire, they will pour candle. Nothing will happen. Seven months before the guy now, when he now finally gets healed, he's small, small. You know what small, small is? It's like this, gradually. Gradually, then we start seeing the thing. So that thing has, has, has made people believe that it takes forever with God. Now, now, you must be willing to stand. Kenneth Hagin said, if you are willing to stand forever, you will not be standing for long. Yeah. So we are, we are willing to stand. Through faith and patience, we inherit the promise. Hebrews chapter 6. We inherit the promise. I think that's verse 12. We inherit the promise through faith and patience. So there is that. That's valid. But when God says that I am in a season, he's telling us now that this is the season that I am accelerating things. The work that you have to do is to shift your mindset to expect that. If you don't expect it, it will not happen. The reason why we don't see a lot of things happen to us supernaturally is because we are not expecting it. We are too programmed with the system of this world. We know when you are supposed to graduate. We know what kind of job you are supposed to be able to get. We don't expect anything to move out of that ordinary we know when you are supposed to, to, you know, to work for. We know the age you are supposed to retire. 
it's not even a season. It's not even like, you know, it's, we, everything is specified. So everybody expects. If by that age you're still working, they will ask you, why are you still working? Haven't you retired? Because of the expectation. I'm here to challenge you this morning. That's why I came down, so that I'm looking into your face. Huh? Can you shift your expectation to match God where he is in 2024? Can you do that? Wait until I share with you what's coming. Yeah, because there is a lot in this year that's called 2024. And only those who can raise their expectation levels to say that this thing is not, I know they said it takes 10 years to do this. But God has said, I'm going to do this in one year. What is your problem? Why can't you meet him where he is <laughs> and expect that that would happen to you? You know, one, one young minister was asking an older minister that, you know, I preach, I preach better sermons than you, but nobody gets saved when I preach. So the man asked him, do you expect anybody to get saved when you, when you preach? He said, oh, no, not really. <laughs> so if you don't expect it, how is it going to happen? So we have to raise our expectation level to meet God where he is. First Chronicles 12.32 talks about the sons of Issachar who understood the times. And because of that, their brethren were at their beck, beck and call. So when, we, when God has told us that this is the time, this is the season that I want to do this, we've got to start expecting that. So I'm taking time to go through all of this with you. And this is probably the last message I will preach in this series. Next week, I'm moving on to something else. I want you to raise your expectation level to, to see that what God is saying that he wants to do is that he wants to compress what is supposed to take you 20 years and put it in two years. What is supposed to take you 10 years, he wants to, he wants to put it into this one year. Is how much of it can you believe? So when God accelerates you, there are a few things that will overtake you. And these are my points, all right? So this is where you need to start paying attention. And this is the, these are the things that you need to now believe God for. You can't, I've told you, you cannot believe God for something he hasn't promised. I'm sharing with you what God has promised us in this house. And this is the word of the Lord for you. The first thing you can expect to be overtaken by in 2024 is blessings. That's the first thing. So there is the blessing and there are blessings. Proverbs chapter 10 verse 22. It says, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow with it. The blessing of the Lord makes you rich and then he adds no sorrow with it. It is the blessing of the Lord that produces these blessings that we are referring to. And it is that blessing that God pours out, but it produces blessings in our own lives. I'm going to read a couple of scriptures to you to see that when God says, I'm giving somebody a blessing, he doesn't use plural ever. It is a blessing. That's all God needs to pour out from heaven. When it gets to your own sphere, it becomes blessings. Then whatever it is that you need in your life at that moment comes out of that blessing that God has poured out. That's why he is I am that I am. I am whatever you need me to be. Glory to God. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 to 4. Let me show you a few scriptures here. Ephesians 1, 3 to 4. It says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. You would expect that when he says every, are you there with me? Are you there? Ephesians. Ephesians 1, 3 to 4. I'm, I'm messing with them. I'm trying to train you. It's about time you grow up. Okay. We have dwelled on this mountain long enough. God bless you. Glory to God. All right. So blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. It sounds like grammatical error, right? When you say every, you, are, you should be talking about many things. No, it's, it's, it's the blessing. 
and that blessing is located in the heavenly places in Christ, then it says, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. So the blessing is singular, and you see how it ties back to what we talked about last week, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. So all of these things are connected. The other way to make sure that this blessing is poured out is in Malachi chapter 3. And I shared this with you as well last week. I will share all of the scriptures with you from, from verse number 10. This is the scripture you don't like. It's in Malachi 3 verse 10. The most controversial scripture in the whole Bible. Bring all the tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. Keep going. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out to you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. If it is one thing, why is there no room to receive it? It's because that it's the blessing. But when it gets to you, then it, it becomes whatever it is that you need it to be. Glory to God. I hope you are catching this. The reason why many people don't experience this level of blessing that I'm talking about that can literally transform itself into whatever you require is that most times when we are asking God for things, we are asking him because we want to use that thing for ourselves. There was a fellow that was believing God for a car one time. I told him, I said, if you can, if you can tie, this is this car that you are believing God, praying, praying. God is not a wicked God. If you can tie this car that you are believing God for to the work of the kingdom, you will be shocked how fast that car will come to you. <laughs> the reason why you haven't had it is because as far as your heart is concerned, this car is pepper them. I have to show everybody that I've arrived. But if you tie it to the work of the kingdom, God is obligated. And I will show you that this morning. James chapter 4 verse 3. It says, you ask and do not receive because you ask and miss. That you may spend it on your pleasures. Think of this. If God, the wisdom of God is that he puts 10% of ease, what is his own, put it inside the hundred that he's giving you. And that's all he's asking you for, obligatorily. All the others is free will. But he says that 10% belongs to me. Let me ask you this. If God needs $10,000 to do the work of his kingdom, think about this. How much does he have to give you? You are smart. Do you see the math? So, if God needs $10,000 for the work of his kingdom, he cannot give you $10,000. He has to, by, by his own word, he has to give you at least $100,000 so that he can have just 10 of that. But the problem is the minute the first installment of that money enters your account, your dreams have changed. The work of God is the last thing that is on your mind. <laughs> Maybe when the money starts reaching like, like 2K, then you say, ah, we have no tithes. Ah, ah, what are we going to do now? Yeah. And God knows. He knows this. So if he needs something to be done in his case, that is, look, I've told you before, that's his own priority. That's his priority. Is that Jesus needs to come. And for that to happen, the work needs to move fast. So he's looking for people that will be channels, not reservoirs. That's what he's looking for. If you convince him by your action that you are, you are saying in your mind that, you know, I will do it. No, no. If you are going to be faithful in much, it is with the little. So if, if God sees your heart and he knows that this person, if I commit these resources into his hand, I'm going to get what I'm looking for. It doesn't cost God anything. This, my, my pastor, uh, uh, Jeremy, was sharing that same message. He was sharing the testimony. He said one time, they were on a trip, himself and his wife. He was like, That's why I share this with you all the time. It's not a big deal. You see this church that we're doing. You will wake up one day. Huh? Come to church and you will not recognize the church. 
that's the God that I'm working with. I know how he does his own things. It's not like, you know, that all this, you know, it takes forever. It's because you are, you are working, you are still, there are still some things you need to iron out. He said he was on a trip with his wife, and somebody called him and said, come, I want to see you. So they have been renting this airplane. And the fellow just said, you know, this plane that you are renting and going up and down, I want to give it to you. It's not a bike, I want to give you the airplane. So that happened. He said, after that, a few weeks after that or something, he got another phone call, and somebody called him and said, I want, to, I want you to come to my office. He was one of their partners. He said, sit down. I want to see the look on your face when I give you this envelope. So he gave it to him, and he opened it. One million dollars. One million. How much did God have to give that guy? I want you to catch this. Before he could give a million dollars tight. Are you awake? I'm saying raise your expectation. Raise it. And let God know that he can trust you. There is nothing that is too much for him to release to you. Nothing. If he knows that he can trust you. So it's blessings. It's blessings. It's, it's whatever it is. The children of Israel, they are very good example. Exodus chapter 12. They were, the children of Israel, the Bible says that when they were leaving Egypt, they spoiled the Egyptians. They literally went knocking on their doors, collected all their silver and their gold, and left with the wealth of Egypt. That's what the Bible says. Why do you think God will surrender the entire... These are people who have just lost their children, who have just endured plagues. And yet, you went and knocked on their door, and they gave you all their wealth and silver. He said, the Bible says God gave them favor with the Egyptians. Now, why do you think God did that? Was it so that they could go shopping in the desert? Think about it. He knew that that gold and silver, they needed it to build the tabernacle where they were going. That was the purpose so when they got into the, 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 the wilderness and started making golden calf with the resources that God gave them for the temple, that's why God was mad. And that's what we do. So we take that, we now build our own idols out of the resources God is giving us for his own use. Then when we manage to give God, we now, we now even make God feel like, you know, this time I'm supposed to really give you, but, but I'm just giving you. The one that gave you all things that you have, even the breath in your mouth is the one that gave it to you. I know I'm coming across very stern this morning, but that's how I feel it. It's time to grow up. So for your expectations to match the level of God, you have to bring your thinking also to that level. Don't tell God, God, bless me with a car, bless me with a car. Tell him, if you bless me with a car, there will be nobody in need that needs to go to church that I will not be available to carry. See what you will do. <laughs> Try it and see. The reason is that you want to be able to splash water on people when you are coming to church. So how will he do, how, think about it, how will God do that? Because in your heart, that's the desire of your heart, that in the snow, I will be the one inside the car, and everybody else will be, and I'll be waving to them. So when blessings overtake you, it is coming at an unusual rate and speed. There's no room to store them. And then you literally become a distribution center. That's what we're talking about. He says there's no room to store them. So he's not expecting you to store them. He's not expecting you to. The, the, the rich fool, that's the, that was the issue God had with him. So he expects you, as the blessings are coming, to be a distribution center. Look at it. Amos chapter 9. Let's go back there. I'll read the message. That message, I like it a lot. Message translation of that scripture. Look at what it says. It says, yes, indeed. It won't be long now. God's decree. Things are going to happen so fast, your head will swim. One thing, fast on the heels of the other, you won't be able to keep up. Everything will be happening at once. And everywhere you look, 
Oh, is somebody sleeping this morning? He said, everywhere you look, what? Blessings. Everywhere you look. You look into the life of your children, is blessings. You look at your bank account, is blessings. In your career, is blessings. People will start looking at you and say, ah, is it only you? I'll leave some of it for some of us now. Like, is it only you? That's what he's saying, that everywhere you look, blessings. Blessings like wine pouring off the mountains and hills. I'll make everything right again for my people Israel. Glory to God. Deuteronomy 28 verse 2. And all these blessings, Deuteronomy 28 verse 2. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. Why? Because if God tells you, like he told that widow, feed the prophet, you will not say, for where? Yeah, I showed you that last week. That sometimes God will speak to you. But because you are, you are just thinking about you and your family. That's the problem. That's the problem. He says, if, you are, if God knows that you will obey his voice, he says, all these blessings will overtake you. Because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. So to make sure this is the case, you have to maintain your love work. And you have to be ready to be a channel. And not a storage system. You are a channel of blessing. That's who you are. Say that to yourself. I'm a channel of blessing. I'm not a storage reservoir. All right. What is the second thing that God wants to overtake you with? It's called harvest. Harvest. So our text gives us a description of harvest that will be difficult to keep up with. We just read it. Let's go back there. Verse number 13 of Amos chapter 9. It says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when the plowman shall overtake the reaper. <laughs> are, you, are you seeing this? And the treader of grapes will overtake the person that is sowing the seed. So the people that want to harvest are catching up with the seed. That's what he's talking about. The mountains shall drip with sweet wine and all the hills shall flow with it. When harvest is accelerated, everything will be happening at once. So your reaping and your sowing is overlapping. <laughs> That's what's going on. There is something that is very interesting about this though. I will save it. Let me show you the blessing first before I tell you. Because you know me, I will balance it. I will tell you. This is not just, you know, you, are, you, you can be happy about it, but how many people know there is no harvest without a seed? Okay, all right, all right. Seed time and harvest, Genesis chapter 8, verse 22. Genesis 8, 22. It says, while the earth remains, look at this, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. That is what God said. That is the rule. This is supposed to be seed, literally seed, the concept of time, and then harvest. So if you plant a seed, it's supposed to take some time to germinate, and then you get the harvest. This year, 2024, God is messing with time. Are you alive? So what I'm trying to explain to you is that that time component is what God is messing with this year. That what is supposed to take you, naturally speaking, we, are, we saw it, the, the meaning of supernatural is that it doesn't rhyme with the natural phenomenon. So naturally speaking, when you plant a seed, it's supposed to take you a certain number of months, depending on what kind of seed it is, for it to germinate and grow. But this year, God is literally crushing that concept of time to make sure that your harvest overlaps with your seed. Yeah. For as many of you that can receive that. I know for some of you it's too big <laughs> to, even, to even comprehend it. You're like, ah. But I'm showing you the Bible. I am showing you scripture. For harvest to overtake you, you have to have seed in the ground. That's why I shared that with you last week. And I shared it with you again. I'm sharing it with you again today. So you can't expect a harvest if there is no seed that you planted. If you do not go to the office and work, you can't expect a paycheck after two weeks. You will be, you will be a thief to be expecting a paycheck that you do not go to work to do. So you have, you, you have to sow a seed first, and then you can expect the harvest. 
That's the way this thing works. I believe this so much. It's not something that I'm teaching you. That's why I told my wife, the beginning of this year, the first thing we did, while all of you were dancing and shouting Happy New Year, the first thing we did for the church was to put seed in the ground. So we looked for a church that had a need that is similar to a need that we will soon have, and we sowed into that. Because, you know, I told you last year, what we were just doing was focusing on here and bringing us. So we didn't, have, we didn't do any of that. But when I saw what God was saying concerning this year, I said, before I start declaring harvest, 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 there's got to be seed inside the ground. And that's what you have to do in your own life too. So it's not just calling forth harvest. The harvest will be commensurate with the seed that you have sown, although it will be accelerated. So, so whatever it is that you, you don't want accelerated, you know, one, one joke one pastor shared, he said, I don't know whether I should share it, because some of you might be angry now. I'll, I'll share it. See, it's not, it's not about anybody, it's just a joke, okay? So he said he was praying for a fellow that, that served in his church. And as, as he was praying for the fellow, he said, the way you have served me, may men serve you that way. The guy could not say amen. Do you understand that? Uh-huh. So whatever you want to see is what you sow. Yeah, exactly. So without seed in the ground, you can't expect to have it. But the word in your giving and all of those things. Finally, what's the third thing you can expect to overtake you this year? I'm going to spend some time on this. It's called testimonies. Blessings are different from harvests. Harvests are different from testimonies. If we look at our opening text again and go to verse 11, and let's read it in context, it speaks about something called the tabernacle of David being restored before what God will do. It says, on that day, I will raise, I will raise up the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down, and repair its damages. I will raise up its ruins and rebuild it. The tabernacle of David speaks of praise, but I don't have time to go into that teaching today. Maybe one of these nights I will teach that, you know, to, to let you understand that concept of what is called the tabernacle of David. So he's talking about the fact that, the, the, in fact, let me use a more common scripture, all right, the one that you know, the Revelations 12, 11. Let me not dwell on that. One of these days I will, I will teach that. Revelations 12, 11. It says, and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. I pray those people will help you to understand this explanation I'm about to give you. You see, when God does something for you, don't ever forget this. When God does something for you, and you testify about it, he said they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. Who are they overcoming? The enemy. By the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. When God does something for you, and you testify about him, you are putting God's reputation at stake for that thing to be sustained. If God does something for you and you testify about it and you lose it, the glory, the Bible says God will not share his glory with any man. The glory for that thing has to return away from God. That can never happen. God has to self-implode. Ah, it's so quiet in this Presbyterian church this morning. I'm saying to you that if, if God does something for you and you, you, you let other people know that God is the one who did this, God has to sustain that thing. <laughs> Otherwise, his, his reputation is at stake. I will explain it better. Don't worry. Uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. Luke chapter 17. It says that's how they overcame because now you are committing God when you testify. You are putting his name behind that thing. It says, Luke 17, 17 to 19. It says, so Jesus answered and said, were they not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any, any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, you know this story. Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Hang on a second. 
I thought these people were already healed. So he healed 10 lepers. One came back to thank him. He's now telling him that your faith has made you well. So what happened to him before? Oh, you're still not getting it. <laughs> so the first time that Jesus did that first initial miracle, it was their healing. When the guy came back, he gave him health. He says, your faith has made you, if you look at all that translation, it says made you whole. So what he literally did was, those guys were healed, but they can get sick again. You who came back to give me glory, I'm putting a seal upon this thing that is called health. You can never be sick again. So they tell you, testify, you think it's about church. <laughs> Say, share your testimony, you think it's about, so that people will know that things are happening in our church. I do, I've told you, look, let me, let me, I have folders of testimonies that anytime I want to, to convince myself that I'm a man of God, I will read it. Fibroid disappeared. Uh, uh, my, my sister did not have a child for 19 years. I have all those testimonies in my, in my folders. I will read them because God has done marvelous things through me. I'm not in a, look, I'm not in any doubts about that. I'm telling you that for your own good. And this is not a condemnation message. You may have done things wrong in the past. This is for you to, God is showing us things every day. To understand how we need to work with him. He is not giving you stuff for your own youth only. When he blesses you with something, he has 10 other people in mind that he wants to do the same thing for. But he needs you to share yours. But you will keep it to yourself because of your reputation. He says they, are, they love not their life unto death. We are not saying you will die. We are not even calling your name. <laughs> Make it anonymous. Ah, people will know that is me. They don't have to know. You are taking the credits for that thing by keeping it to yourself. When we want God to bless us, we don't mind coming out to be laid hands on and prayed for. And do it. We don't mind when we are looking for the blessing. When the blessing comes, ah, I don't want them to know that I'm, I came for prayer. Because if I come now, they will know that it was me. No. Maybe God has done it. He has done it. What you got was healing. When you return the praise to him, you are going to get the other part of it that is called health. It doesn't matter what it is. So that's how you overcome. Are, are you getting this? Please don't ever forget this. I've told them. They are not going to be announcing again, no. Share your testimony, share your testimony. Are, that's the end. It's done. If you like, share. If you like, don't share. I was praying about this and I was telling God, I said, I said because I know how, when you want to do something like, like Catalyst, hmm, that we're planning, and I've taught you this before when we're doing Revive, and I, I will keep, I'll keep saying it. There are a lot of things that need to be in place. There are so many things that need to fall in line. That, that's why many pastors run away from those things. Because if those things don't align together, people look at them and say, ah, he's not really anointed. If, he's, if he was very, very anointed, then this thing should happen. But there are things that must align. So when you are in a meeting, for instance, and you are in a, you are in a gathering of people, there is what is called the point of contact. There is the first miracle that God would do in that meeting. And I've seen this over and over again, and the devil will fight that first one, which is life. He will fight it <laughs> with everything that he has. Because if he can stop that first one, he can stop a lot more. But if he, do, if he doesn't succeed in stopping that first miracle, there's going to be a breakout. Because everybody will see that. I've, I've been in meetings where you, everything was just quiet. We're just worshiping God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. All of a sudden, somebody screamed, I can walk, I can walk. That's the end. Before you know it, wheelchairs started flying up and down the whole place. It's as simple as that. And the pastor does not even need to pray. He doesn't need to do anything. It's not about whether he lays down on anybody. It's just that one person caught a miracle could not hold it to themselves. They return the praise to God. Immediately the praise returns to God. The only thing that can come down is blessings. 
immediately. It's not, this is not that you'll be negotiating with God and be begging him. Like, Let praise reach heaven. See what will come down. But once that one person gets the testimony, they go to the bathroom, say, ah, the flow has stopped. Wow, I'm healed. Ah, I should go home. I should go home. They enter their car and disappear. And nobody will know that they got healed. Because they feel like it's an embarrassment for them to come and say that they were healed of something. The reason why God did that miracle for you was not really for you. There are 12 other people in the crowd who have the same problem. He wanted to raise their faith because without faith, he can't do it. He used your own so that he can raise their faith, but you ran away with it. And you ran away with the glory. You know what? It, what happened? Ah. I didn't mean to preach like this today, but... Glory to God. It's, it's very dangerous not to give thanks to God. Especially when you pray and pray and pray for something and God now does it. The way you, look, this is what I practice. When I'm praying about a meeting or I'm doing something, if I pray, I pray and pray and pray, I pray for five hours that God do this thing. When, I'm, when it's time to praise God, I match it. Because it's easier. When God does it, just say, oh, Father, I just thank you. That was such a great meeting. Ah, you are coming back next week. Are you not the pastor of the church? You are coming back next week to come and ask him for another miracle, miracle service. Are you not? Ah. So God is not, a, it's not a transactional thing. That we just come to church, God blesses us, and we just, we just keep quiet. Because we, we don't, what if they know it's you? What if they know it's you? Like, like, let me even ask you, what is the big deal? They are not even saying, hold the microphone. Right? Although in, in a meeting like Catalyst or whatever, you can hold the microphone, you can, like revive. You can, if something happens to you, miracle is miracle. If you could not, I've seen, I've been in a meeting where somebody's leg was like the person I know that came in that was bent like this. As they were there, he stood up and his leg was straight. You, you were there. You were there. You, straight leg. And we saw him go to the front and say, ah, this dude, I saw him coming now. He was, he was not like this. He was walking now. <laughs> you can't deny that. That's a miracle. So he can go to the front and, and say that. But the minute that happens, every other person who has that same issue, their expectation jacks up. Yeah, right away. Right away. And because the, the, the praise has gone back to God, the blessings have come down. That's how you see a multiplication of things. I, I've taught you before, when the Hebrew people say testimony, what they are saying is, God, do it again with the same power and authority. That's exactly what they are saying. So when God does something for you, it's because he wants to multiply it. And you have to be, be the channel that will allow that multiplication to take place. Glory be to God. So God will not share his glory with any man. Isaiah 42 verse 8 is, is where I was going with this. Isaiah 42 verse 8. He says, I am the Lord. That is my name. And my glory I will not give to another, nor my praise to carved images. So be, be, for you to lose that thing, it means God will be stripped of his glory. They did not love their life to death. So this is not, you are not going to die, okay? is that you are returning the praise to God. God. God literally, this is what he wants to do. He wants to literally show off with your life. That's why he's blessing you. So it's not that, you, you know, it's just for you to, 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 to keep it to yourself, use it on your own self, take credit for that. Glory to God. Um, 2 Timothy, let me tie it up. 2 Timothy 1 verse 8. Let's begin to tie it up now. 2 Timothy 1 verse 8 uh, in the Amplified Classic. Look at this. It says, do not blush or be ashamed then to testify to and for our Lord, nor of me, a prisoner for his sake. Then it says, but with me take your share of your suffering to which the prison of the gospel may expose you and do it in the power of God. Now, obviously, this is speaking about the ultimate testimony of sharing your faith. So this is the question that I ask. If you cannot even share something, that, a blessing that God gave you in the midst of other believers, how are you going to share your faith in the midst of wolves? <laughs> how? If, if the 
people that you are, you are sharing the blessing with are other believers like you. But you say, no, they will start envying me. They will start envying me. I don't want to, no. 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 You know what I found interesting about that? The preceding verse of that scripture. If we go to the New King James, this is verse number 8 we are reading. Give us 2 Timothy 1 verse 7. You know what it says, right? Look at it. For God, you quote it all the time. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and of a sound mind. Why? Verse 8. Therefore. Do you see that? What's the purpose of the, of the spirit of, of love, power, and a sound mind? That you can share the testimony of our Lord. That's the whole idea. Was Kenneth Hagin that said, when you see therefore, you need to stop and ask yourself, what is it therefore? So that's what it's there for. It's telling you that, that you cannot have a spirit of fear, but love, power, and assignment is so that you will have boldness. I told you last week, fear will make you disobey God, and disobedience will slow you down. All I can do is to share with you what God said. Jesus asked his disciples, who do you say that I am? They told him what everybody has been saying. Some say you are this. Some say you healed them. Some say you blessed them. What did I do for you? Who do you say that I am? That is your own testimony. And the minute you vocalize that testimony, you give that praise back to God, I, I promise you nothing on the earth can take it away from you. Nothing. That thing has not been created. <laughs> that can, because it will have to go to God and strip him of his glory. That's what you have to do. For you to lose that thing. Glory to God. Listen to me. Everything that God will give you in 2024, you will keep it until you are tired and satisfied with it. In the name that is above every other name. There will be no loss of any testimony in your life. Nothing. They will say God gave us the house. Then, then, then after, after two years, they came and knocked on your door and said, you miss your mortgage. Not in this house. Did you hear what I said? No. Ah, because when you, I've told you, when you return the glory to God, you and God are now tied together with his glory. They have to untie it like rapper to untie the glory from him and take it. Let's see who can dare. Glory be to God. So your testimony of Jesus is who God says, who you say God is. And if God is certain that he will get the glory for your testimony, uh, everything that comes into your life, what he wants to do is that he will make sure that you have overlapping testimonies. I'm saying before you are able to share one, you have just written it in your email, you have drafted it, another email will come that is a better testimony than that one. That's, that's what we are expecting in 2024. Yeah, because when he said before the, the, the sower is finished sowing, the reaper is catching up with him. That's what's going to happen to you. Then you will now decide by yourself that which one do I want to start with really? Which one do I want to start with? And I'm saying this so confidently because one of the things God told me, I told you that watch night service, I can't share everything with you, is that this year there will be no, and a lot of you share your testimonies with me. That's why I'm talking confidently like this. So I'm not saying that I don't know that God is blessing you. And what he told me was that in your, in your midst, there will be no week that I will not give you testimony. Amen. But the problem is, will, 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 your people, will your people return the glory to me or will they decide to keep the credit for it? And it's not, it's not for you. It's because what God wants to do is bigger than you. It's bigger than you. Stand to your feet. Let me pray for you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the name that is above every other name, I declare over every single person that is under my, the sound of my voice this morning, this year, you will experience overlapping blessings in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Supernatural acceleration is your portion in 2024. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Every seed you have sown in the past that you have sown this year, they are catching up with you. 
Harvest is overlapping harvest this year. In the name of the Lord Jesus, as you raise your expectations, testimony is, is overlapping testimonies in your life. Before you can fully testify of one, another one has happened to you. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Every, everything in your heart that is still not aligned with the plan of God and the purpose of the kingdom. This day I pray in the name of Jesus that your heart will be circumcised by the power of the Holy Spirit. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. As you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Everything you have ever desired will be added to you in 2024. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, you will become a supply house. You will become a channel, a distribution center. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Someone under the sound of my voice. God is asking you to trust him. God is asking you to trust him. What God wants to give you is not going to manufacture it. He has already done it. All that is remaining. And he has been asking you this. To release what is in your hand. But you, you prefer to hold on to that one. But if only you could see. When the prophet opened the eyes of this young man and he saw the chariots that was with them, he, he, greater is he that is with you. Greater is he that is with you. If only you can trust God. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I release grace unto you to trust the Lord with your substance, to trust the Lord with your heart especially, to trust him with your faith. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. This year you will not suffer lack. Oh, I said you will not suffer lack. You will not be put to shame in 2024. I prophesy over you, your student loan has been giving you sleepless nights. I don't know who you are. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the name that is above every other name, God is giving you the wisdom and the speed. What is supposed to take you 20 years, in two years it will be fully paid off. What is supposed to take you 10, in one year it will be fully paid off. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's someone under the sound of my voice. You have been actively working out. I'm not saying you have, you have been wishing it. You have been actively working hard to pay off your debt. God said, can you trust me to pay off that debt this year? Can you trust me? In the name of the Lord Jesus, I prophesy over you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. You will stand on this platform and testify before the end of this year. Oh, I wish, I wish believers house would say a better amen to this. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We give you praise, Lord. We give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. Thank you for boldness. Thank you for boldness. Thank you for boldness. Some of you, where God wants you to start is to go and pick up your operation one card where you threw it. Because if you are not after the Father's business, I've told you the reason why many people don't receive what they are asking God for is that God cannot count on them. He cannot count on the fact that one more person will be added to the kingdom through you. If you can shift your orientation... If you can shift your orientation, there is nothing that God will not release to you this year. I decree in the name of Jesus, as many of you who will obey the word of the Lord to you this year, you will see the miraculous. You will experience acceleration in the name that is above every other name. In the name of Jesus Christ. And I decree and declare, as you return the praise to God for everything that he does in your life, nothing will be able to touch your testimonies this year. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, King of glory. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Believer's House. We hope you've been blessed. 
Please visit us at www.believershouse.church for more information about our church or to send us your questions, comments, and feedback. We hope to see you again soon.